mistakes you make, the problems that you run into, the things you learn from become your tuition for success. I've paid a lot of tuition. <laughs> I've made lots of mistakes. Retention of membership in BNI goes up substantially when two things happen. The first, totally expected. The second, surprised me. Why accept mediocrity when excellence is an option? Chapters that are allowing the substitute to represent their own business is accepting mediocrity. On today's episode of The Engaging Marketeer, I'll be speaking with the founder of BNI, Dr. Ivan Meisner. I'll be asking Dr. Meisner what his original vision was for BNI and how it's evolved and changed over the years to the global phenomenon that it is today. I'll also be asking him what his advice is for members and chapters on growing their businesses and growing their chapters through BNI. We, we have met once before. We met at a, a BNI event in in uh, Bolton in the UK. Excellent. That, that's probably been a while ago. It's been years since I've been to the UK. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah, and um, I, I remember one one member of the the audience, actually one of the BNI members, asked you a question when you were on the stage. Yeah, uh, which I, I always I always remember your answer to this. They asked you what your favorite memory hook was. What my favorite favorite memory hook was? Memory oh, hook was, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. What did I say? <laughs> you you actually said that um, you wished you'd never invented the memory hook. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I do because it was misused a, a great deal in BNI. It's not quite as misused anymore. Um, you know, people use memory hooks every week, and the idea, you know, when you're meeting in BNI, you're meeting every week. And so you're saying the same thing every week. It was never the opening of the book <laughs> says this is for when you meet people you don't know. And yet um, it really got uh, misused within BNI. So, yeah, I'm not surprised I said that. That is a common thing uh, to say. And then if they press me, I tell them my favorite memory hook, which was really one of the first ones I ever heard. It's from a dentist who stood up and, and said, um, uh, I'm a dentist. I believe in the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. So help me God. <laughs> and I, you know, I thought that was hysterical, and that's why I came up with the, the book Seven Second Marketing. <laughs> my my favorite memory hook I've heard at BNI was uh, was from a plumber, where he said, uh, "Remember that a flush is better than a full house." Yep, I've heard that one. As a matter of fact, I think that's in Seven Second Marketing. Oh, is I think it? I put that in. You, I think so, so he stole it. Oh. oh, you know, he probably read my book. It just, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give him the credit for that one. I'll give him the credit for that one. Um, one, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I'm in digital marketing, but I never intended to be in digital marketing. When I was younger, I always wanted to be a film director. Completely different industry. What did young Ivan Meisner want to be before B and I came along? Well, you know, it depends on how far back you go for young. But I would say, you know, in high school, I had planned on becoming a lawyer. And uh, in college, I had planned on going to law school. Mm. And, uh, you know, Darren, I, I honestly can't tell you why, but for some reason, I changed my mind. And I was like, you know, I don't think I want to be a lawyer. I don't know why I don't want to be a lawyer, but I know. And this was a dream I had for like, I don't know, six years, eight. Well, no, it'd be eight, at least eight years. And um, I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer and I did not go to law school after I'd been accepted to law school. So I kind of was like, you know, so what am I going to do now? I, so I just went to graduate school to do, <laughs> to do something. 
and really found a passion in management and organizational behavior. And I did my master's and doctorate with an emphasis on organizational behavior and leadership. And I studied under Warren Bennis, who was uh, John Maxwell's, he was really the predecessor to John Maxwell as the world's leading expert on, on leadership. And I studied under him at USC. So I went from um, wanting to become a lawyer to having many, many lawyers work for me. <laughs> I suppose that's better in, in most ways. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. It, it leads on, actually, to when I, when I said I was going to be speaking with you, there's a lot of members in our chapter that got quite excited and wanted to ask you questions. Yeah. So I've got a couple of questions from uh, members of our BNI Chester chapter, if that's okay. And one of them kind of leads. One of them uh, leads on from what you've just said there. Uh, our vice president Zoe Davenport from Henry R. Davis Accountants, she asked if you had any regrets about going down the route of BNI and whether you would rather have done something else if you had it all to do again. No, no regrets. Absolutely no regrets. Uh, I mean, I, I, the fact that. I love what I do with BNI. I feel like I have like the best job in the world because my job is to help uh, hundreds of thousands of people uh, make a living. And, you know, in the trailing past 12 months, hmm. the, the last 12 months, BNI has generated over 12 million referrals and more than 19 billion, with the B, 19 billion US dollars worth of business for our members. Uh, the thank you for closed business. Now, 19 billion is more than twice the gross domestic product for the country of Liechtenstein. <laughs> okay, so I know it's a small country, but still, how cool is that, that we could be generating as much, more than twice the GDP of a small nation. As a matter of fact, BNI generates more than the, than 10, the bottom 10 nations in GDP. Wow. So we, BNI generates more GDP than 10 nations in the world. They're all small. I'm looking for bigger ones. But um, it's incredible that a, a business organization could help so many businesses. I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm happy at what I do. But there's a, a deeper question in there, and that is the whole idea of regret. Hmm. And um, no regrets about starting BNI. But at this end, at the same time, I try to have no regrets. I don't regret uh, m most of the things I've done in life. And, and I think people who have regrets often have regrets because they didn't live their values. That's where I think regrets, regrets are really understandable. You, you do something that you just know you probably shouldn't do this and you do it anyway. And then you regret it. Uh, I have always tried to live my values to the best of my ability. And if that's the case, then really regrets don't make sense to me. Now, if you if the question was, did you make any mistakes? Oh, I'd say, yeah, boatloads. <laughs> lots and lots of mistakes. Would you do it differently? Well, yeah, but I'd do it differently because I have experience. So to me, mistakes, as long as they're not mistakes related to the values you live, hmm. mistakes are your tuition for success. The, the mistakes you make, the problems that you run into, the things you learn from, become your tuition for success. I've paid a lot of tuition. <laughs> I've made lots of mistakes. So uh, I don't have, I really don't have regrets about starting BNI at all. I'm, I'm honored to have started BNI. And I don't have regrets in a bigger sense either, because, um, you know, my mistakes have led me to where I am. Okay. So it's sort of like 
so long as you're true to yourself and, and what you actually believe in, it doesn't matter what mistakes you make because that's what defines you anyway. Yeah, as long yeah, as long as you're true to yourself and you have healthy values. I mean, there are some people with some pretty crazy values, mm. but uh, you know, as long as you have, of course, who's to determine what's a healthy value? I think mine are healthy, but uh, you know, as long as you're living your true uh, values and those values don't hurt other people, it's about helping other people. Then yeah, don't worry about it. You know, I had someone say to me because I was worried about early in the early days of BNI, I had hired some people, I had people working for me, and I was talking to a friend. I said, I'm really worried about making the wrong decisions because if i do something that really impacts the business um you know i'm going to impact other people's livelihoods and he said to me yeah don't worry about that and i said what, what do you mean he said yeah don't worry about making mistakes you will it's inevitable we all do so just focus on <clears throat> recognizing when you make a mistake addressing it as quickly as possible fixing it um taking responsibility for it fixing it and moving on and I thought that was really good advice as a young man. Um, and it was advice that I implemented into my life um, in, in my career. Yeah. Um, one, one thing you mentioned there that I thought was was really relevant to what we're having in our chapter at the moment was the thank you for the business and the fact that it's so high for B&I. But we know that a lot of people are getting referrals and getting business from it, but they're not actually recording to thank yeah. you for the business. So BNI is actually generating more for its members than is actually being reported. Have you got yeah. any advice on how we can help get our members to to chase up thank business to make sure it is recorded? Because it's better for all of us if that that happens. It is, and and the truth is that people don't care about how until they understand why. And so when you tell them you need you need to go do that, they're like, yeah, yeah, fine, I'll do it. Uh, but if you tell them why then that becomes really important. And, 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 and that makes sense to people. That resonates with people. So why is it important to put in that information? Well, first of all, you can't hit targets you're not aiming at. So you have to know where as a chapter or as an organization, where do you want to go? And in order to get to that point, you have to measure performance. Um, if you don't measure your success, if you're really lax about it, it's just garbage in, garbage out. And so in order to know what targets you've hit, you've got to really be good uh, at measuring. And, and so um, putting in the accurate information about how much business has been generated really gives value to the chapter to see how they are doing as a team. Uh, you know, in, in any business, if you don't measure revenues or sales or, you know, the, the number of contacts with the client, if you don't measure stuff, you have no idea what you need to do to improve. Mm. And, and if you don't know what to do to improve, then you can't, it's very hard to improve. So, you know, you explain the why to people and then hold their hand, walk them through it, show them <laughs> how to do it, and, and then follow up with them. And, you know, make sure that they're doing it. You're right. We definitely underreport. Um, there's no question about it. And, and I wish we reported accurately. And when I'm dealing with the media, it's, it's really nice to be able to say that number is low, not high. Mm -hmm. Because the first reaction that non-BNI people have is, come on, really? 19 billion in one year? Really? And then when you, when you say... This is just what members report. And they don't, and they forget to report some stuff. Then the media goes, yeah, okay, fine. Next topic. 
and they don't they don't feel like you're making this stuff up yeah and so uh yeah we underreport. it'd be nice if we had fully accurate but i feel pretty darn good about what we have <laughs> yeah because i know we as a business every month we go through all of our invoices that have come in and trace back to where it's come from and if it's come from bni yeah. we put the thank business in in time for the first meeting every month so hours yeah. we know is recorded properly just wish everybody everybody, yeah, wish everybody did, it that, did way. that yeah now here's here's other things that aren't reported and will never probably be reported what about a referral that you get from a member and that referral they do business with you and then that referral gives you a referral and then that second referral gives you a referral and then that third referral, you know, if you're in BNI long enough, you're going to have four, five, six, seven generations. I have a CPA who's a BNI member. She's a founding member of the founding chapter. She's been in 37 years. At about 10 years in, she did a spreadsheet only as a CPA could. Um, maybe it was even less than 10 years. She did the spreadsheet of the referrals that gave referrals that gave referrals that gave referrals. And she stopped doing it eight deep. At eight deep, she stopped tracking it. So, um, you know, all we track is that refer referral number one. We don't track the referral that gives a referral or the referral that gives a referral that gives a referral. We don't track all that. And it, it, that's a business that comes because of the BNI relationship. It's not a direct referral through BNI, but it's an in, it's a subsidiary referral that comes as a result of BNI. We don't track any of that. Yeah, I know. I know some members do. Some members do that. And our accountant in our chapter, she does. Obviously, she's obviously very hot on figures, and and we make a point to doing that. But no, but you're absolutely right. The people that you meet at B and I, and then introduce you to other people, right. they don't get tracked. They usually don't go in as, as thank business. And, so the figures are probably a hell of a lot of higher. Thank you for closing business. No, not usually. No, yeah. not usually. No, no. Um, reporting, as, as you touched on there, is, is essential to, to grow, whether it's a chapter, whether it's a business. Measuring is important, whether it's your own personal health and fitness. One of our newest members who's taken on the lead visitor host very, very, is very keen in BNI, uh, Raymond Jones, a photographer. He's asked the question, what are your personal secrets to success? Obviously, measuring is one of them. What are your yeah. other big secrets? Well, I, from, from a, a, a macro uh, perspective, um, the secret to success without hard work and good choices is still a secret. <laughs> it, you know, it just doesn't exist. It, it, it you know, it, it takes hard work. I mean, you know, sometimes people win the lottery and, you know, everything's great. But, you know, what, what percentage of the population wins that? And by the way, why is it that so many people that win the lottery uh, end up going broke? And the reason for that is they don't know how to manage money. And the reason for that is all of a sudden, you know, a, a Brinks truck rolls up and unloads at their house and they don't know how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think long-term success comes from hard work and good choices. Those are two things I, I think um, are, are part of anyone's success. Uh, here's one that I've been teaching people for many, many years. If you want to be successful in business, do six things a thousand times, not a thousand things six times. And what happens too often is that people are constantly chasing bright, shiny objects. I keep this in my desk because I talk about this a lot. They're constantly chasing these bright, shiny objects. Ooh, look at that. Let's try this. Let's try that. And they bounce around. They do a thousand things six times. They can't figure out why they're uh, not successful. If I have any superpower as a business person, it is that I am a dog with a bone. 
I will take something and work it and work it and work it and work it. It's one of the reasons why BNI meetings are every week. It's one of the reasons why it's, you know, it's about building that system and that process and doing it on a regular time repetition of doing it over and over again with people that you know, like, and trust. Um, these are some of the things that I think it, it takes to be incredibly successful. Mm. Bruce Lee had a similar quote, actually. It was something on the lines of, I don't fear the man that's done uh, 6,000 kicks once. I fear the man that's done one kick 6,000 times. Yeah. Yeah, that's very much the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I, I, I really wanted to ask you about, because it's it's all in any BNI chapter I've been in, I'm helping out with a core group to get a core group launched right now as well. The biggest problem in any of these groups is getting visitors into the room, getting members engaged enough to invite visitors. What advice can you give to, say, for example, a new member, maybe even a member in a core group, on how to approach people and get them to come along and experience a meeting? A couple of things. One is, I think we've become overly reliant on uh, giving people stuff or sending them to websites um, when you don't need to do that. When I started BNI, uh, I started BNI with one sheet of paper. That's all I had. It was the agenda typed up by me on an IBM Selectric typewriter, which is basically <laughs> a doorstop now. Um, and I back then I typed Columbus style, seek out and discover, right? I, I didn't type well. And I typed up the, the agenda. And I, I would invite people to a, a BNI chapter. And they would say, well, do you have any brochures? I said, no, uh, but you got to come to this meeting and you know bring 35 business cards with you because we're all about uh, generating referrals for another. Okay, well, do you have any material? No, I don't have any material. But you got to come to the meeting. You got to experience it because it's amazing. You sit there with all these people and they're, they're there to support and help each other. It's an amazing experience. But surely you have some material. And finally, you know, I would say to somebody, well, I've got an agenda. And they look at the agenda and they go, well, this doesn't really tell me anything. And I'd say, no, it doesn't. That's why you have to come to a meeting. <laughs> you have to experience a meeting. I opened 20 chapters in one year. I had no material. There was no internet in 1985. I had nothing but one sheet of paper. Mm. And the truth is I rarely used that sheet of paper. It was all <laughs> about getting people to come to a meeting. The way I recommend that you invite people now is a system that I call we're, we're interviewing. And I, I think this is the best way to invite anyone to a network um, that you are bar, part of. And it goes like this. <laughs> we're, I'm in a referral group. We get together on a regular basis. We're interviewing people in your profession right now to find somebody that we can give all of our referrals to. I think you might make a good candidate. And then wait and, you know, see how they respond. What happens too much now is that people are like, oh, oh, I am in this organization. You have got to join this organization. You're going to be like, yeah, I know it meets every week and it's a lot of work. But And they start giving all these reasons why somebody would like, no, I don't want to go to that. Instead, flip it. Instead of begging, you should never beg anyone to come to a networking meeting. You're doing people a favor when they get a piece of that $19 billion dollars. You're doing them a favor when you invite them to a networking, networking group. They're not doing you a favor by coming. And so the, the we're interviewing strategy flips that on its head. 
I'm in a referral group. We're looking for someone in your profession. Or we're, we're interviewing people in your profession. I think you might make a good candidate. What's not stated there is we might not pick you. You don't say that, but that's what's, that's what's not stated. And entrepreneurs hate not being picked. They want to be picked. And so it just changes the dynamic to something more exclusive. And then when they come to a meeting, interview them. Don't just say you're going to interview them. Interview them. And for BNI members, we have two different podcasts. You can find them at bnipodcast.com. Look for we're interviewing and then look for the interview form. Uh, and I have a whole lot of questions that you can ask in doing the interview. But remember, it's an interview, not an interrogation. So the form is like really long. Don't ask all those questions. Pick and choose. <laughs> the key is to get people to open up and see if there's a good fit. But that's the way you invite people. Don't beg anyone to come interview them. Now, sometimes they'll say, no, no, I'm too busy. I can't do it. Then, okay, here's where it gets a little, little tricky. You got to do it right. But you say, hey, look, I understand. You know, I'm glad the business is going well. Can you recommend uh, someone really good in your profession that we could give all of our referrals to? Now, you got to know they'll never recommend a competitor. Know that going into it. But you know what they'll often do? Well, you know, my business is pretty big, but I got an employee who works for me, or, or there's a sales associate with the company that um, really might be interested. Can I refer them? Yeah, we'd be happy to interview them. Uh, that technique is up on BNI Podcast. Go check it out. I think I, I have heard that podcast, actually. I, I do listen to your, your podcast every week. Um, well, one... thank you. <laughs> it, it, gets, it gets a lot of listeners. I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Um, here's something interesting that I discovered just a couple of years ago. Retention of membership in BNI goes up substantially when two things happen. The first, totally expected. The second, surprised me. The first was people who go through member success program training have a higher retention level in BNI. They stay longer because they've been trained. What a thought. Hmm. Get training on how to use the program and you stay longer. Makes sense. But the second one was a shock to me. The second one was, and the second item, but it was number one in retention, uh, was people who have invited someone who joined. In other words, sponsoring someone. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, really? What? And the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Because if you bring friends into your chapters, an associate, somebody you know, like, and trust, you don't want to leave them. You're building camaraderie with people that you've got a professional relationship with. And so one of the ways, one of the best ways to increase retention of a chapter in a chapter is to get members to sponsor somebody because the more they sponsor, the more they feel connected to the community. That's interesting, actually. As, as I think about it, the new members that we've had over the last six months, there are a couple that have brought other visitors in who have joined and they have stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and the data doesn't lie. Here's, here's an example of why you want to, track data because that was a massive surprise to me but we only discovered it because we tracked the data hmm. so sometimes tracking the data can be an epiphany for for people yeah otherwise you're Go just back guess, to one you're, of guess, your you're guessing questions. guessing otherwise aren't you you need to know for a fact yeah. whether something works or not and why it works yeah and that takes it back to one of your first questions about yeah. you know why why put in the information one one thing you mentioned there was when you first started BNI, um, with your your twenty point agenda. One of our members, uh, Daniel Whitaker, who runs a company called Steam and Clean, he was a travel agent before the lockdown. 
But thanks to the support of BNI, he was able to completely change a business model and start a cleaning business during BNI, and he's absolutely flying now. It's a it's a wonderful success story of BNI. But he asked the question: um, How was your initial vision for BNI evolved since you had it, and and did you expect it to be where it is now? So. The short answer to the question is, <clears throat> no, I didn't expect it to be where it is. I got there pretty quickly, um, <clears throat> but I started BNI because I needed referrals for my consulting practice. You know, I'd like to tell you I had this vision of an international organization <laughs> with chapters all over the world, but I, I needed some referrals for my consulting practice. I lost a big client, and one of the best ways for me to get business was through referrals, and so I formed one group, just one. I did not plan on having more than one. <clears throat> And someone came to that group who couldn't join because, as you know, in BNI, we have one person per professional classification. <clears throat> and she said, hey, this is great. I could get a ton of business out of this, but I can't join because my classification is already represented. Would, uh, would you help me open up a second chapter? Darren, I actually, I actually said no to her. I said, no, I, I don't run networks. I'm a business consultant. And she said, well, this is kind of consulting. You know, you're helping me build my business. I'm like, that's kind of a stretch, but yeah, sure. Okay. So we opened a second chapter. And at the very first meeting of the second chapter, two people came and couldn't join because of a conflict with a third person who, uh, you know, was already in the core group. And um, these two guys said, hey, would you help us open our own chapter in our cities? And I was like, no, this isn't what I do. I'm a business consultant. They talked me into it. And then boom, we were off to the races. And that's why I didn't have any brochures or marketing material, because I didn't plan on having a business. Um, I didn't plan on this being a, a company. It was just part of my consulting business. And after a year, we opened the 20 chapters. And that was the point. That was my, my epiphany moment. That was my, I call it my Brody moment. You remember in Jaws, yes. Sheriff Brody? Remember uh, towards the end of the movie, He's throwing chum out in the ocean. And for the first time, he sees the shark. And he turns around and he walks to the captain and he says to the captain, you're going to need a bigger boat. And so I had my Brody moment in December of 85, when uh, I always take time between um, right before New Year's to reflect and to look to the future. And, you know, that year is like, what happened? This wasn't part of my plan at all. I had 20 of these groups. I was just planning on one. Um, and it hit me. This is going to be way bigger than I thought. The, the, I'm going to need a bigger boat. Hmm. And that's when I then started doing calculations as to how big BNI could be. By, Jan, by June of 86, I had completed my calculations. So you got to remember, in 85, 86, there was no internet. So you couldn't go to Monsieur Google and ask questions about populations. I actually had to go to a library get reference book, check out books, you know, do calculations. And I calculated that someday, someday, B&I might be able to have 10,000 chapters. And I remember telling a friend of mine, I think we could have 10,000 chapters. Now, this is June of 86. I think we could have 10,000 chapters in B&I someday. And he said to me, um, and how many chapters do you have now, Ivan? I said, well, 30. <laughs> he said, you have 30 chapters. And you think you could have 10,000? I said, yeah, I really think that BNI can have 10,000 chapters. And in 2020, December 2020, BNI crossed the 10,000 chapter mark. We did it in about half the time. I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime. It did. Wow. And, um, and so, yeah, so 
the answer to your question is no, not immediately. But I realized that um, it was a classic example of necessity being the mother of invention and that I needed to act on that. And I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I sold my consulting business a few years later because, um, well, you know, I, I've already told you, I love what I do and I, I feel like it makes a difference for a lot of people. Okay. Um, one, one question I've really wanted to ask you. Uh, it comes to the fact that you mentioned your 20-point agenda. So that every BNI meeting has the same structure. So wherever you go in the world, it's the same structure. And I've been to a BNI in in Orlando, and I've seen the the meeting over there and how different it is to the UK. But it's still the same structure. There's still a lot of character, personality, and interpretation of that structure in different regions. So with us, for example, there's two regions very close to us that have a completely different interpretation on how visitors and substitutes uh, are treated. So they're not allowed to do a weekly presentation if they're a visitor or a substitute well that chapter is doing it right that chapter oh see that's why i wanted to ask you see because in our that chapter doing it right a visitor it, well a visitor can do an introduction but a substitute needs to represent hmm. the profession that they're there to represent that's so, the way it was designed so <laughs> in in our chapter we we allow the substitute then to do a presentation for their own business after everyone else's why ever join because the the substitutes tend to be members of other groups ah so they're double dipping and you're good with that it's difficult i know where we're going with this it's (laughs) it's difficult to get a sub it benefits the sub it does not you it benefits the sub and the member because the member and the member who's being lazy and not getting a substitute who will really (laughs) represent them yes (laughs) Ooh, go back to, go back to my podcast i have a yeah. podcast where i say i regret creating substitutes really because it's it's, it's abused so much yeah a sub wow. should be listen i've gone to chapters that have a sub that were amazing hmm. I, I went to a chapter once where the substitute the, the member next to me said the members never done such a good weekly presentation as the substitute just did because the substitute if they if they're a good sub they go in and they talk up let's say i'm subbing for you Hmm. and if i talk about you and how good you are at what you do that's way more powerful than when you talk about how good you are at what you do because when you talk about how good you are at what you do it's, it's kind of bragging But if I go in and talk about how fantastic you are and I spend my time talking about you, then that's what the substitute program is all about. Why? Here's here's my question to chapters who do what you're describing. (laughs) Okay. Why accept mediocrity when excellence is an option? Excellence is an option. Chapters that are allowing the substitute to represent their own business is accepting mediocrity. I think that I think the problem there is if if they don't do that, then you can have higher absence rates as opposed to substitutes because members you, from other chapters aren't going to want to sub because there's they don't really get though? <clears throat> are well, you I, really I I think I, I gen- my experience <laughs> is, is that if you if you expect the best out of people, you mm. tend to get it. And if you expect less than the best out of people, you definitely get it. Mm. And so what you have 
are chapters who are absolutely expecting less than the best. Now, the biggest challenge will be changing that culture in your chapter because you've already made it easy to be to to accept poor performance. So if you made it easy to accept accept poor performance, getting the chapter to change will be harder than if it had started doing it right to begin with. I think that the difficulty there, honestly, the difficulty there is that you wouldn't get members from other chapters subbing for you. Fine. They're just there to get business for themselves. They, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. in it for themselves. Completely agree you with that. They're in it for themselves. You should be getting members from other chapters. To but, then, but then you, you should will... should be getting your clients. This is the way it was designed. You should uh, yeah. be getting your customers, your employees. Oh, we do that. We do that. We have, oh, we have, yeah. That's what, I'm not talking about you personally, but a chapter. Yeah, we do that. Be getting, their members should be getting their clients to sub for them. They should be getting their, their, their employees to sub for them. Mm. Because that is, that is true to the process. I'm coming in to represent this person. That's mm. why I'm here. The rest is false advertising. But, but... <laughs> And I didn't think it was going to go down this route. But let's say, for example, the members are a one-man band trade. So he's got nobody working for him. He's on his own. Um, he's going away for two weeks. All, his, all the people he does work for are homeowners. They're not businesses. Typically, in our chapter, he would look for people in other groups that he's met at training to sub for him. But if those subs you're, aren't you're allowed, making excuses, you're I, making excuses for people. I, <laughs> I, I know a contractor yeah. who's been a member for 20 years and he gets other contractors who uh, he's a general contractor. So he brings his electrical contractor in to, hmm. to represent for him or he or he will bring in a client who's been a client for a long period of time. So it comes down to you. you may, look, <laughs> if you if you want to make excuses and you mm. want to be less than the best, then go that route. Mm. But if you want your chapter to be its best, there's a reason why. Um, those other chapters say you got to represent the person that you're supposed to be there to represent. <gasps> what a shock. No, Rather I... than look for a loophole, yeah. follow the program. I, I, I wasn't honestly. I wasn't looking for a loophole. I'm just trying to see what. No, no but that's what chapters are doing. I'm not talking mm. about you personally. Yeah. This isn't about you. No. This isn't no, about no. me. This is about uh, what's best for a chapter, and what's best mm. for a chapter is to not look for loopholes. Mm. You know, when you have an employee who finds loopholes to get the job done, but it's not being done as well as it could be, does that make you happy? No, no. In, in some no. industries, that's so dangerous. What you've just described is a process that has a loophole hmm. that allows mediocrity. Supports argues for mediocrity. Why accept mediocrity when excellence is an option? That's, you know, <laughs> it's up to your chapter. And, and, and your chapter changing will be unbelievably difficult. Oh yeah, no, I I yeah. completely think that. Yeah, I mean, even to broach this in a committee meeting would be uh, almost like a war. Um, but yeah. it's something I, I I will bring it up though. I will bring well, it up. Well, then if you're going to bring it up, I would bring up the uh, the the podcast where um, I talk about it. 
uh, so that it's not quite so it's not quite so uh, all about your chapter. Yeah. Um, episode number 533. There's no substitute for a good substitute. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have heard that one as well. Yeah. Check that one out. 533. Okay. okay we can change topics. We but, can, we can disagree well, without being disagreeable. We, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, dis I'm not disagreeing. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. Um, well, you disagree a little. And that's a, a little, a little. A, a, <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Well, let, let, let's go further down the rabbit hole then. I've got something oh, else. This, I've got something else that I think is the not part of the BNI agenda that we do that I think is important. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this. The contribution section. Strict letter of the law. Contribution is a referral, a visitor, and a testimonial. Now, we like to in our chapter. And wait, wait, a referral? A, a referral. Yeah. 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 A visitor is not part of the testimonial section. No, no, part of the, part of the contribution section. Well, you're talking about where, where you give, there is no contribution section. There's the referral part of the meeting. In the referral part of the meeting, you can do a testimonial if you don't have a referral. Is that what you're talking about? We are, yeah, well, yeah, we do a testimonial if, if we've got a testimonial. We, we say what yeah. referrals we've got, but we also thank the visitor that we brought if we've got a visitor in the room at that point. Uh, so, I mean, you know, okay, it, it doesn't have to. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, we just like if, if if we brought a visitor we just like to thank the visitor coming at that point that, that but well I, that's just and does that serve any value at all because you can thank the visitor you why not thank the visitor during your weekly presentation oh i know why because <laughs> you want to talk about yourself <laughs> no that's, so a good, the, the, that's a good the point referral part of the meeting has to be about a member you're either referring business to a member or you're giving a testimonial for a member hmm. thanking the visitor is filling blank space to make you look good but it's not about another member so you're making stuff up let me read something to you from <laughs> you know tom okay. peters who wrote uh, in search of excellence uh i don't know that one no oh in search of excellence classic business book one of the best business books ever written it's pretty old okay um this is right out of, and, and this is going to be in one of my books. Uh, Tom just gave me permission to use it in one of my books. Systems are typically invented when problems arise. Example, there's a screw up with a customer order. So Jane Doe, head of customer service, devises a system to make sure it doesn't happen again. Great, smart. After three years, Jane is promoted and followed by Arthur Doe. No relation. During Arthur's watch, another bad problem quickly crops up. What does Art do? He adds stuff to Jane's system. You can guess the rest of the story. Arthur Doe is succeeded by Kathy Doe, no relation, who is followed by Miriam Doe, no relation, who is followed by Richard Doe, no relation. Each of the assiduous Doe's puts his or her stamp on the system. And before you can say it, and before you can say John Doe, the system gets so elaborated that one, it requires an army of other Doe's to administer, and two, it leaves no room whatsoever for frontline initiative. <laughs> John Doe's adding stuff to your chapter meeting. Mm. Yes. Well, I, I think I know where this next question's going to go then. <laughs> well, right. One thing we do during the, the contribution section towards the end is that if we've put thank business in for members, we announce it and thank that member at that point. Now, it's not part of the 20-point agenda, 
Yeah. And there are some members in our chapter that don't want that as part of there because they think it extends the meeting too much and it's not a contribution, which it's doing, not. They're doing what again? Repeat what, what's being done? So say, for example, I will stand up in the contribution section. I'll say, I've got a referral for this person. I've got a referral for this person. And I've put £2,000 thank business in for a referral from this guy to me last week. Yeah. So your question is? My question is, that's not part of the contribution section because that's not a contribution. There are some members who don't like it because they think it extends the meeting and it's unnecessary. Those members are absolutely correct. They are absolutely correct, yes. But do you want to know why they're correct? <laughs> Go on. They're, they're correct because the idea of this part of the meeting is is to, to devote all your time to giving a referral or thanking someone who did a good job. And so if you have extra time, Rather than, you know, pat yourself on the back for, you know, whatever business that was done, what you want to do is edify another member. Hmm. That's the process. So those people who think they're, it's eating up too much time are 100% correct. They, they are. They are. The, the, the reason I, I put it in, the reason we, we do it effectively, is because when visitors are in the room and they see, say, for example, there's a plumber in the room and they see an electrician stand up and thank the, the letting agent, the real estate agent, for £2,000 worth of thank business. They can see that people are genuinely making money from it. There's a real person they can talk to who's been thanked for this particular piece of business that's similar to them. Without that, you've got the vice president at one point in the meeting will stand up and say, how much thank business has gone in the last six months? Maybe it's 500,000, maybe it's a million. That figure is unattainable for someone to get their head around on how they can earn part of that but seeing a real person stand up and say i've earned this makes it real to them it does and also seeing uh you know 30 40 50 referrals being passed live at a meeting makes it real for them and so i don't know how much real i don't know how much more real you need to get um <laughs> than seeing how much you know then one hearing how much business was generated total and two hearing how many referrals are being passed uh during a meeting uh, those two things are uh, opposite ends of the spectrum that give people the big picture. Hmm. Um, it's not part of the meeting. And so, uh, you know, you can tell either Arthur or Jane Doe or John Doe, uh, if they continue to add stuff to the meeting, yeah. it's inevitable that you'll have a two-hour meeting. Hmm. Stop doing it. <laughs> Stop doing it. Okay. We've been told. We've been told. It's my opinion. You know, your chapter is going to do what your chapter is going to do. But, it, but um, you know, I had somebody who really, you're, you're being very um, respectful, and I appreciate it. And you're accepting my, my high energy on this topic. Um, so you're not this guy that I'm about okay. to describe. Okay? <laughs> oh, good. You're not good, this good. guy. I'll relax. But I, I had a guy who didn't like my answers. Hmm. And, and, and it was just publicly, and there were like 300 people in the room. And I asked him, I said, um, and, and so this is kind of what I would say to the, to the chapter members that are, you know, we, we want to, we want to be John Doe. Um, I asked him, what do you do? And I forget what he did. He told me what he did. I said, how long have you been doing it? And he said, 25 years. And I said, are, are you pretty good at it? He said, yeah, I'm very good at what I do. And he said, I said to him, do you ever have people who, um, when you give them advice, you, they just say, no, you're wrong. That, that's, not, that's not the way it should be done. You said, yeah, I do. 
I said, what do you think? He said, well, what do they know? I've been doing this 25 years. And I said to him, this was a few years ago. I said to him, I've been doing this 30 years. Some people think I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> um, my advice to you is go this direction, not that direction. And if you take my advice, you're basically doing your advice in terms of you and your customers. This is the business I'm in. This is the direction I recommend. You'll either follow it mm. or you won't. That's completely up to you. And so your chapter is either going to follow these suggestions or they won't, and it's up to them. I will I will see what they do. I will see what they do. <laughs> They'll go apoplectic. They'll go, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. You've got to see what he said. It's incredible. This will be the least popular podcast ever <laughs> presented to a chapter. Oh, I don't like, you know. You know what I would ask? I would cool. I would ask the members to think about what's the best for the chapter, not what's easiest. Hmm. Uh, I've always believed that you can go easy hard or hard easy. Easy hard is taking the, the easy path whenever possible. My experience is that when you take the easy path, things become harder eventually. Or you can take the hard easy path. The hard easy path is when you take the hard path, it, things become easier later because you've taken the hard path. So I think your, your chapter can be a great chapter. I don't know how many members you have and how many referrals are being passed. They could be a great chapter. But I, 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 would, I would suggest, all joking aside, that in some ways it's starting to kind of maybe take the easy path that will lead it to be harder. Let me just suggest that the chapter do some introspection hmm. about what it could do that's maybe a little harder now that will lead it to be easier later. That's a much more tactful way of <laughs> putting across. So tell the members, listen to, you know, 45 minutes in, Ivan calms down and gives them <laughs> good advice about hard easy. Uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll give that, we'll give that a go. Um, oh, I completely lost what my next question was going to be then. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. I remember. I remember I was going to be selfish now. I was going to be selfish. Um, as I mentioned, this is I'm, your podcast. You set the rules, so it's okay. I, well, <laughs> no, I'm going to be selfish in terms of my B and I journey. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm helping uh, our executive director with a core group, and I've been in a core group once before um, back in 2012, and I was in a core group for uh, something like 18 months, which is a bit longer than a core group is meant to be. Oh, way, 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 way longer. Did, um, you know, there, there were chapters. By the way, I never kicked off a chapter. Uh, it never took me more than four months to kick off a chapter, ever. Generally, it was two months, three, sometimes four. It was like close to the most. Uh, never more than that. Um, and what I would do is I would say to chapters, look, I, you know, uh, I'm here. I want this to work. I'm here to help you. But this isn't, we're not on schedule. And so I'm going to go around the room. You know, these are the things that need to be done next week in order for us to continue. I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to ask each of you individually, will you do your piece? Hmm. Are you in or are you out? And if you're out, it's okay. It's okay. But if you're in, then next week, 
this has to be done. And then the week after that, this has to be done. So I'm going to start over here and we're going to work our way around. And, and there were times where people were like, yeah, I can't do that next week. I can't do that next week. And I then would say at the end of the conversation, I really appreciate you all being honest with me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try and place you in other chapters and we're going to shut this core group down. It, 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 it saved me, let's see, was it 18 months? You know, it saved me 14 months work. Yeah. And more importantly, because people don't care if I have to work, it saved the members or prospective members 14 months of wasting their time. So what you have to do is draw a line in the sand, tough love, don't be mean, don't be angry at them, uh, but be firm. And the more you allow them to get away with not why accept mediocrity? Is this, here's a theme. This is a theme. This is a theme. It's a theme. When excellence is an option. And what happens is it's easy to accept mediocrity because, you know, people use excuses constantly. An excuse is not as good as a result, ever. Excuses are not as good as results. Mm. And so um, the thing about core groups is, and chapters in general, but the thing about core groups, the thing about business is you got to draw a line in the sand and say, this is what's okay. And this is what's not okay. And you have to be willing to walk away. That's yeah. Aaron, <laughs> you're right. You do this, you're you do right. this long enough and yeah. this, you'll look back and you'll go, yeah, I didn't buy it at the time, but he was right. <laughs> no, I know, I know you're right, but it, it, it is a hard thing to, to admit that something isn't working. You know, on some of the occasions where I closed down a group, there were two or three people who were like, yeah, I'm all in. Let's mm. start over. And they started over and kicked off in, you know, in eight weeks with different people. I think that's the key, isn't it? I, I think at the time when I did this back in 2012, there were some members in the group that quite frankly shouldn't have been there because yeah. they were just turning up every week, sometimes not even turning up every week. And weren't yeah. doing anything. They weren't. They weren't asking visitors. They, they were doing nothing. And right. we knew they're, that was the case. What we call minnows. minnows. Members, yeah, members in name only. <laughs> we we call them ninety-minute members here. I don't know if you got yeah. that as well. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah, that. Yeah, we've well. heard that. Yeah, yeah, you got that as well. Yeah, and and so you know, um, sometimes the way to do a launch and the way to build a chapter that's really struggling is something I call addition by subtraction. So one day I came home um, to my house in LA and my late wife um, had just uh, worked in the garden and had all, we had like 50 rose bushes and they were all cut way, way back. And I said to her, um, why'd you cut all the rose bushes back? And she said, well, if you want them rose bushes, you have to cut way back and then they bloom really well. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's a and i chapter. Sometimes you have to cut a chapter back have it grow. That is also true with core groups. That if you've got a member who's not committed, hand them their application back and say, we really appreciate your interest, but this isn't a good fit. Addition by subtraction. No, that, that I have absolutely no qualms about. I think you're, you're 100% right there. We, we did that with our, our group um, a couple of years ago when it, it was struggling. And I took over as the chapter president there and we identified a couple of members that really shouldn't have been in the group because they weren't doing anything. And once they came out and the group got down to a smaller level, we then grew right back up. So we went down from something like eight, nine members back up to 24, 25 members. Yeah. And see, I'm good for you. Well done. 
that's hard to do and it's counterintuitive. You know, it's like driver's ed, right? Where remember when they say if you hit ice, turn in to the yeah. skid and you're like, well, that doesn't feel right. Um, addition by subtraction doesn't feel right. You know, I talked to a lot of chapters who have a hard time buying what you what you did uh, because they they're like, um, we want to grow and you're saying to cut back two or three members. That doesn't make any sense. Well, mm -hmm. it does if you want to grow because it does two things. First of all, you get rid of the dead wood people that, um, you know, sometimes people like that, they complain like it's an Olympic event. Yeah, I've checked. It's not. And they bring down the energy of the chapter. Plus, if you cut loose a couple of people who are members in name only, um, then the rest of the members are like, oh, oh, this guy's serious. Okay, <laughs> I better <laughs> step up. And you get people stepping up and you get rid of the people that are bringing people down. No, no, I, I, yeah, that's exactly what we did. And it, it, it was completely the right thing to do. Um, some people didn't like it but had to be done. Yeah, well, it, it's best for the chapter. Now, here, here's where, you know, you focused on um, uh, excellence. Hmm. And, and, oh, good, and good. I, I feel better now. You, you're not telling me off. That's good. <laughs> oh, God, I wasn't telling you off before. I know. I, know. I really wasn't, but I was being honest. I, I was being honest based on my years of experience mm. with the organization. And, mm. um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's good to hear a different perspective. Mm. It really is. Um, Particularly when it's as, as well versed in it as, as yours. Yeah. I, I'll give you an example of, it had nothing to do with business even. Um, I, 10, years, I, 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer. And uh, I was told I had six months to get surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. And I decided to go a holistic route. And uh, I managed to go 10 years without having to get a surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. And in that 10-year period, my medical doctor said to me, why do you keep coming to see me? You know, he was mad. Why do you keep coming to see me? You don't do anything I say. <laughs> and I, say, I, I said to him, are you familiar with um, group think? And he said, no, what is that? I said, well, it comes out of, out of the, uh, the Kennedy administration where the Bay of Pigs, where he just listened to the experts and then um, he, he uh, later listened to uh, his entire team. He made everyone give opinion. And he heard stuff he didn't want to hear. And this is the point. He heard opinions he didn't want to hear, but it gave him a big picture. And the difference between the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis, he, he listened to everybody on the Cuban Missile Crisis whether they were, you know, uh, intelligence officers or not. And he listened to, you know, the other side of the equation. And, of course, the Cuban Missile Crisis was amazing. It avoided a, a nuclear war. Mm. Um, and I said to him, you're my antidote to group think. And he said, I can do that. I can be that. And he was very happy when, you know, six months ago I decided okay, your time is right. It's time for me to do this. This is why I keep coming to you uh, because it is now time. And so just a month or so ago, I, I got radiation after 10 years. I'm in good health. But my point is sometimes we have to hear things we don't want to hear. We, we have to embrace things mm. we don't want to hear so that we can make informed decisions.
And so I am certain I have given uh, uh, ideas that your chapters don't want to hear. Some of your members don't want to hear. Yeah. Just keep an open mind. Uh, my only goal is for you to have the best experience, to get the best results you can possibly get. That's my only reason. I, I don't need to do this. I do this because I love it. <laughs> uh, and I just want you to be successful. And so I, I tend to go the hard, easy way. Mm. I, hope to be honest, that- I, I, I can tell you love it. Your passion is coming through quite obviously at the moment. You know, I think people are either working in their flame or working in their wax. And when they're in their flame, they're on fire, they're excited, they love what they do. Uh, You can hear it in their voice. You can uh, see it in the way they behave. When they're working in their wax, it takes all their energy away. And you can hear that in their voice and you can see that in the (laughs) way they behave. And and so, yeah, this is my flame. I love what I do. Excellent. I think we've have we got time for just one more question because our, our absolutely sec- anything. This is from our secretary treasurer at our chapter, Denise Durban from Speedwell Roofing. She asked if you could do one thing in life, knowing that it absolutely could not fail, what would it be? Well, I, I, I'm. I think I'm about to kind of do it. Um, uh, I am a um, future astronaut for Virgin Galactic. Whoa. So uh, I, I got a ticket back in 2007. So I've been a future astronaut for Virgin Galactic um, for quite a long time, 15 years. And, um, you know, I don't know that <laughs> you know, you're never certain that it won't fail, but I'm kind of banking on it. Um, and so I, I will be one of the, you know, first hundred or so people who, who go up uh, on the commercial flights with Virgin Galactic. And I've had a chance to meet Branson many times and amazing, amazing human being. Um, very much a person who believes in excellence. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's certainly, uh, I've learned a lot from him. So yeah, uh, I, I'm going to be an astronaut. Well, that's going to be an experience that an everybody would want it. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, thank you very much for, for joining me on this. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. A real, real ding-dong we had in the middle there, and I loved every second of it. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, and, I, and I'm, I'm always happy to take tough questions. Um, just know that I want the best yeah. for members. And so if, if I have high expectations, it's because I just want this to be an unbelievably positive experience for people. And sometimes that means, um, you know, you got to be honest. At <laughs> Thank least you. Honest from, <laughs> I, I'm trying to be honest from my perspective of yeah. um, my experience. No, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh!